Hello, I'm Sean. Welcome to Wellspring Baptist Church Podcast. We're glad that you're listening today. For more information on all that's happening at Wellspring, please visit our website at www.wellspringbaptistchurch.org. I hope this message is a blessing to you. All right, take your Bibles and turn to Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 40. Isaiah chapter 40. The book of Isaiah, as I've mentioned um, before here, this is such, a, such an interesting um, book of the Bible. As it's, it's, it's also been called just a, a, mini, a mini Bible within a Bible uh, with the uh, 66 uh, chapters of Isaiah and uh, kind of correlating with each of the uh, 66 books of the Bible and the significance of chapter 40 is that uh, we've gone through the uh, 39 chapters, which would kind of cover the 39 books of the Old Testament, and chapter 40 in Isaiah is kind of a fresh look, a fresh uh, take. Uh, the Definitely the uh, tone of the prophet has changed. Uh, now he's looking beyond uh, the captivity uh, toward Jesus Christ, and, and Jesus Christ's suffering and His glory, His coming uh, Davidic kingdom, so interesting, but if you would look with me in just the first few verses, he says, comfort ye, verse 1, comfort ye my people, saith your God, speak ye comfortably to Jerusalem and cry unto her that her warfare is accomplished and that her iniquity is pardoned, for she hath received of the Lord's hand double for all her sins. The voice of him that crieth in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord. And again, the significance here is he's prophesying of of, um, prophesying of uh, John the Baptist. And this is uh, in in I can't help, but I'm I've got a kid standing here in the window waving, trying to talk to us. I told you at the beginning when we first uh, when we first started that. uh, uh, Michael, uh, Jeff's son, he would uh, he would start to get he'd start to get uh, you know just antsy here in the church, and he'd just walk out the back door in the middle of the church, and he would run laps around the building, and uh, you can see his head go by. Then he'd come in all sweaty, sit down, behave. It's pretty funny. It happened quite happened quite a bit. <laughs> But anyhow, he's prophesying here of the uh, of of um, John the Baptist, and of course, John the Baptist is in Matthew, which is you know this is why it's significant here in chapter forty. And he says, uh, verse four: Every valley shall be exalted, and every mountain and hill shall be made low, and the crooked shall be made straight, and the rough places plain, and the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together. For the mouth of the Lord have spoken, and He's prophesying of this coming Messiah and and uh, Jesus Christ. It's interesting that He's prophesying this, making sure everybody knows about it. Seven hundred and fifty years, roughly, before it happens. the The title of this morning's message is is perfect timing. Perfect timing. This is again, we're still kind of talking about faith here. 
uh, but it's a different uh, take on it, a different perspective of it. And in John chapter 12, Jesus said multiple, or excuse me, in the Gospel of John, Jesus said multiple times, My hour has not yet come. But in John chapter 12, he says, My hour is now come that the Son of Man be glorified. And as soon as he says that, he quotes three times, Jesus does, from the book of Isaiah. Reminding the folks that he said, this is what I had talked about. This is what I prophesied about. This is the time that I had said before was going to come, was going to happen. You know, Jesus the Messiah was born. Jesus Christ came at the perfect time. At the perfect time. The wise men knew that Jesus Christ was here. Why? Because they were looking. They were looking for him and they knew. You know what I find is interesting about this perfect timing? Is even those that weren't looking for him for the right reasons were able to find him because he had said about it. Herod, the king, because of jealousy, decides that he wants to find out about where and when the Messiah is to come. So he has his scribes look into it and they're able to figure it out. There's uh, The Bible talks about a certain man by the name of Simeon in the, in the book of Luke, and it says that he was waiting. We're going to talk about perfect timing this morning, but we're also going to talk about waiting. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel because the Holy Ghost had revealed to him that he was not going to see death until he had seen the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Bible says in Luke chapter 2, in verse 27, and he came by the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law, he took him up into his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now let us thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation. Amen. Jesus Christ is the God manifest in the flesh. He is salvation. He is eternal life. Which thou hast prepared before all the face of the people, a light unto the Gentiles and the glory of thy people, Israel. Not only did Jesus Christ come exactly when He said He was going to come and His timing was perfect, His death and sacrifice for sin was an absolute perfect timing. The, the, the Passover, which had, been, which had been observed by the nation of Israel, the people of Israel, for 1,500 years was pointing to Christ. We've talked about that before, that as, as, as the, the, the religious crowd was hurrying to get Jesus Christ off of the cross so that they could go and prepare their Passover, the blood on the doorposts and the lentils in their home, the Lamb of God outside of Jerusalem had just paid the sin debt that had taken away the sin of the world. Daniel, 500 years before the Messiah had come, had prophesied about the Messiah being cut off and even gave specific days and dates for this. I'm just trying to say that Jesus Christ and whatever He does, it's in perfect timing. Our creation points to perfect timing. That the sun, the moon, the stars, all of this is for time, for signs, and for seasons, all the seasons, these are all perfect timing. Everything that he designed and created, perfect timing. The distance of the earth and the sun, this is all perfect timing in what he has done. So a question for you. His timing, God's timing, big picture. We're kind of looking at big picture all of a sudden here now at the beginning. Big picture, is God's timing perfect? Yes or no? Yes. Yes, it is. God's timing is perfect. Big picture. How about, how about the details of our lives? 
It is that too. The details, the little details, the daily ins and outs of our lives, His timing is also perfect. And He is also worthy to be trusted. He's worthy to be trusted because of who He is. That's kind of what chapter 40 is about in Isaiah, is the greatness and power of God. Just to skim down through to get that kind of feel, that context, look at verse 8 with me. Isaiah 40, verse 8. The grass withereth, the flower fadeth, but the Word of our God shall stand forever. Look at verse 12. Who hath measured the waters in the hollow of His hand, and hath meted out the heaven with the span, and comprehended the dust of the earth in a measure, and weighed the mountains in the scales, and the hills in a balance. Verse 15, Behold, the nations are as a drop of a bucket, and are counted as the small dust of the balance. Behold, He taketh up the isles as a very little thing. Look at verse 17, All nations before Him are as nothing, and they are counted to Him less than nothing in vanity. To whom then will ye liken God? Or what likeness will you compare unto Him? He says in verse 25, To whom then will we liken me? Or shall I be equal, saith the Holy One? Lift up your eyes on high, and behold, who hath created these things, and bringeth out their hosts by number, and calleth them all by names, by the greatness of His might, for that He is strong in power, not one faileth. He's going through this chapter 40 and saying, listen, God is great. God has all power in heaven and earth. All might. And because of that, because of who He is, our faith, our, our trust in Him and our daily lives will grow by just, by just us meditating on who God is. We mentioned that already that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him, those that uh, come to God, right? And believe that He is who He says He is. That's what Psalms 46.10 says this, Be still and know that I am God. When it comes to the timing of our lives, so many times it's good to just be still and meditate on who God is. The power and the greatness of His might. You say, what am I going to do? We run into a situation. What am I going to do? Know that He is God. He rebuked the wind and the sea. The wind and the sea threatened the lives of His disciples and He came into the sea and to the wind and said, peace, be still. And the wind and the sea, the Bible says, there was a great calm. Why was there a great calm with the wind and the sea? Because they knew who God was. They knew who He was. And when He spoke, He had the power over the wind and the sea. And if we need some calm sometimes in our lives, if it seems like the wind and the storm is up, many times it's good to just stop and to see and to know who God is. To focus on the Lord God Almighty and His power and His strength and His ability to help and to save. Look at verse 29 of Isaiah chapter 40. 
Isaiah chapter 40, verse 29. He says, He, God, this one with all great power, great strength, and created everything, He giveth power to the faint, and to them that have no might, He increaseth strength. Even the youth shall fail and be weary, but the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. He says, wait. Wait on the Lord. To wait means to stay where one is. To stay in in one place uh, till something else happens. It means to delay an action until a particular time. If we will learn to ha- if we will learn to wait upon the Lord, this will renew our strength. This will cause us to be able to continue to go on and not quit, never quit, but to continue to trust in God by faith. Hold your finger there. We're going to go back to, to Isaiah. But flip over to the, the book of Psalms. Psalms chapter 62. Psalms 62. He says, in Psalms 62, verse 5, My soul, wait thou only upon God, for my expectation is from Him. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be moved. In God is my salvation and my glory. The rock of my strength and my refuge is in God. Trust in Him at all times. Ye people, pour out your heart before Him. God is a refuge for us. Selah. I find it interesting that this, uh, this psalm, the psalm of David, is he is preaching to himself. Sometimes, it's in, sometimes we need this. Sometimes this would be called exhortation. Sometimes we need to exhort ourselves. We need to preach to ourselves truth. We need to tell ourselves from time to time, my soul, wait on God. My soul, uh, He will come through. My soul, trust in God. Sometimes we have to tell ourselves what the Bible says. My soul, wait on God. He's going to come through. He is, my, he is my expectation. He is my anticipation. He is my rock. I mean, this is what we're telling ourselves by the, by the truth of God's Word. He is my salvation. He is my refuge. You know, it takes just as true of faith I tried to use that word just as true of faith instead of just as much as faith because we learned it doesn't take much faith. Like this faith of grain and mustard seed. It doesn't take, but it's what we put our faith into. But it takes just as true of faith to wait on God as it does to go. It takes the same amount, it takes the same true faith. When he says go, I'm going. When he says wait, I'm waiting. It takes faith. Let's just get this out of the way at the beginning here. Is our waiting on the Lord is necessary. 
It's important. It is necessary for us to wait on the Lord. You say, why is it necessary? Well, what is our other options? Just go it alone? Just go on ahead without Him? That's not a good option, right? So just at the outset, it is necessary for us to wait on the Lord. And let me just say this at the beginning. If we're waiting on the Lord, it's not because He got behind. It's not because he got it's not because we're going to the Lord at his busy time of the year. Right? It's not as though he doesn't he is his timing is perfect. His timing is never late. Sometimes we think that he is. Isn't that true? Sometimes we think that he's late. Sometimes we think uh, that he has forgotten about us. But he is not. Mary and Martha thought the Lord was late. They knew exactly how long late he was. When he got to them, they said, Lord, glad you're here, but you're just four days late. Right? They knew exactly how late he was. And you know what the Lord said to that? Four days late. No, my timing is perfect. I'm, I'm right on time. I wasn't a day late. I wasn't a minute late. My, my timing was perfect. Mary and Martha thought he was four days late. How about Joseph? Joseph, there had to have been times in Joseph's life that he thought God's timing was off. Joseph, here he is. He's going, everything's well. He's got the coat, right? He's got the dream. His brothers are going to bow down to him. All these wonderful things are going to happen. What could go wrong, right? His future is bright. His future is bright. We know the story. He took what looked like a, uh, he went backward for a long time. For a long time, uh, he had to trust God that his timing was right. How about Abraham? Abraham went so far as to have the name change. Now, he's the father of many nations now, right? He's the father of many nations without children. He's the father of many nations, and he and Sarah are getting up there in, in, in age, 190 years old, 190, right? And, and, and they're getting up there, and his name is the, he's the father of many nations, and he's thinking, I'm not understanding this timing thing, right? This is not working out. It just seems like every day I get farther behind. And God's saying, no, the timing is absolutely perfect. This timing, Abraham, is... I I find how God's timing is so different too. How it's it's Again, I don't want to ever put God in a box. We couldn't do that. That His timing is is different in so many different people's instances. But God decided He wanted to raise up a prophet at one time to speak to His people. He said that. He wanted to raise this prophet up. And during the time of Eli, nobody was hearing from God. And so you'd think that he would just look out amongst the people and just choose a person that he could use as a prophet, but he doesn't. He looks out through the people and finds a woman. Amen. That feels like God had forgotten about her. He looks out and finds a woman that feels very desperate that her time was being, was being just passed by. Her name was Hannah. Amen. And she began to pour her heart out to God and she got so desperate at one time that she said, God, if you just give me a son, if you'll just give me a son, then I'll give him back to him. And God said, that's what I want. Now I can have my man. And he just took his time. He gives Hannah the son. Hannah gives him back to the Lord. And here we see the great prophet Samuel come. And he is the one that's able 
speak to God's people and bring it. God's timing was absolutely perfect when he did that. We, we as humans, struggle with waiting, don't we? I mean, we just, and I, and it, and I want to I say that, you know, in this fast-paced world and instant, but I, I, I assume that it's always this way, that none of us are, we're just not comfortable with long lines, are we? Right? The long lines, even traffic. All, I'm constantly, we have four kids. To get four kids' shoes on is an ordeal. To get them ready for church to go anywhere, to go to the grocery store and to buckle in, you know, it is, a, it is a huge day for us when, when one of the children are able to buckle themselves. That is huge. You have no idea how big of a deal that is. And I find myself constantly, hurry up, hurry up, put your shoes up, hurry up, put your shoes up, hurry up, put your coat up, put your coat up, come on, let's go get your stuff up. Hurry and hurry and the kids all the time. We're in these hurts. I found it was interesting. Uh, Chad and I were in, in uh, Mexico. And... Uh, we are leaving the meeting one uh, Sunday night, and they're telling us about this uh, awesome barbecue that we're on our way to after church. And they're telling us it's the best and all this stuff. And by the way, it absolutely was the best barbecue uh, we've been to. But we, we're going and we're crossing the border with, uh, with the uh, Humberto Gomez Sr. and his family. And uh, we were going from Matamoros into Brownsville, Texas on Sunday night. And they're all the while talking about, their timing, by the way, is just way off. So that's a whole other thing. And the church says it's starting at 7 o'clock. That might mean 8.30. Yeah, real. That's right. And so they're talking about timing and things. And I'm, we're, I mean, at this point, Chad and I aren't even worried about it. And they're saying, oh, we're going to wait at the border for a long time because it's Sunday night. And we could have had no idea, but we literally waited at the border for two hours in traffic to get across. And I'm thinking, barbecue. By the end of this thing, I'm starving. Starving. And by the end of it, it got so bad that I was almost, I mean, Chad and I are whispering to each other, do you really still want to go get the barbecue? I mean, it's like 11 o'clock at night. Do you still want to go get barbecue? Yeah, we better. Okay, yeah, we better. And and what was funny here is, 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 there's two lanes going into Mexico, and neither of them are moving. They're just moving like this, right? But yet everybody is trying to get over into the other one. There's the folks in the right are trying to get into the left, and the folks in the left are trying to get, because they think that they're just a little bit faster. But instead of get them, and uh, we were going down through, and they were telling us, I mean, they go through this all the time. They said, it is, it is uh, pretty regular to see some, some good fights here. People out of their car, you know, people trying to get in, and it's like parking lot, and people trying to get in, people not letting them in. You know how it is. Uh, we're the same way in traffic, but we just have a hard time with waiting. We don't want to wait. And uh, here's the thing for Christians, there's no delays. There's no delay. It's all, if we begin to think like this, it's all perfect timing. For Christians, this is an amazing mindset. This is the mindset of that renewed mind that will help us to never quit, by the way. This is, this is where we renew our strength is when we feel like this is not a setback. You know, um, in construction, I'm not sure about your industry, but in construction, there are setbacks. And with setbacks, uh, there are people that just get irate. 
right? Nobody likes these delays and schedules. Nobody likes these setbacks. And, and, and I think that it would be a very strange thing if we were a people that thought, I'm not worried about it. There's a, here's a supposed setback. Here's a supposed, uh, looks like a delay. Perfect. Perfect. Could you imagine that when folks started seeing, well, I thought that this person's going to be you know, all angry. There's a supposed setback, a supposed delay, and here we are as Christians, and we say, and I'm talking about this in all areas of our life, that if we begin to trust God in His timing, then when things happen, and we're thinking, you know, stress, anxiety, this is where the stress levels and all this stuff go up, and we think, perfect. That's perfect. Well, good. That must be meant to be. There is a reason for that. And here's the thing. When we look back on our lives, we can see that there was a reason for the delay. When we look back, we can see that it was all working together for the good to them that love God. But when we're in the middle of the next one, it's not as easy to remember that, hey, that's uh, God's, God's not in a hurry. We got to remember that God's not in a hurry. That doesn't mean when I say that God's not in a hurry, that doesn't mean that He doesn't move fast. Sometimes God moves so fast that you have to have faith to keep up with Him. Right? Is that is that not true? It doesn't mean that because God's not in a hurry that He doesn't mean move fast. It just means that God is in perfect timing. And sometimes that's fast for us and sometimes that's slow for us. It's about us trying to conform our will to His will and what God is doing. He says in Psalms, Psalms 37.5, Psalms 37.5, Commit thy way unto the Lord, trust also in Him, and He will bring it to pass. So if our way is committed unto Him, that means our timing. Right? If our way, if our path, if the timing is committed onto him, he's going to work it out and bring it to pass. He says in another place in Proverbs 16, 23, commit thy works unto the Lord. And I think this is interesting. And thy thoughts shall be established. Our thoughts shall be established. Uh, waiting becomes easier when our thoughts are right. See, when our thought process is right, this is when we're thinking perfect timing, right? Instead of delay, you know, the stress. Here's what ha- the stress in the the stress in our life comes when we think we're getting behind. When we feel like it's like that with our schedule, it's like that with our workload, it's like that with anything. We feel like, oh, I'm getting behind now. I start to the stress level begins to to build and build and build. Uh, time's passing me by. Abraham and Sarah. Time, here I am. I'm just sitting here. Time just keeps going. Abraham and Sarah. Perfect timing. Uh, when you think, I, I thought I was going forward. Now it seems like I'm, I'm going backward. That was Joseph. That was perfect timing. God was working out the situations in a perfect way. Here's just a couple thoughts for us this morning is what we can think about or the way that we can act, maybe, while we're waiting. While we're waiting. First off, we'll want to wait patiently. Wait patiently. Waiting on the Lord. Waiting on the Lord is not wasting time. That, that's something we have to remember, because that's where we start to feel like, okay, I'm wasting time. No, no, no. Waiting on the Lord is not wasting time. Waiting on the Lord is building strength. It's renewing. 
It's being able to continue in, in the path and the direction that he has. It's not passive. Waiting on the Lord is preparing. And we can do that patiently. So many times we have this mind thought set of was we're waiting on the Lord. Well, I don't feel like I'm doing anything significant right now. The significant, but, but when we're waiting on the Lord, our thought process changes. says we're believing that we are preparing for God's next significant thing that He has for me in my life, in my direction. He says in Psalms 37, 7, rest in the Lord and wait patiently for Him. Rest in the Lord. You say, what do I do when I'm waiting? Rest. Rest in the Lord. Rest in Him. Another thought, not just wait patiently, but then wait. Here's a hard one for us. Wait quietly. When we're waiting, wait quietly. The Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 3, and verse 4, but let it be the hidden man of the heart and that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek or humble and quiet spirit which is in the sight of God, great price. You know, what, you know what is a blessing to the Lord? You know what's good to the Lord? Is when we're waiting quietly and deep down in our soul, we don't know exactly what His timing is, but what we do know is we're expecting Him to work. We're expecting Him so deep down in our soul. We truly have a quiet soul. Meek and quiet spirit. When you say, I'm just, I'm just trusting God. You know what that is? That's contentment. That's what it is to be quiet in the waiting, is to be content. It is to be resting. Instead of being stressed, we are or worked up during this time of waiting. We are content to say, okay, God's at work. God has something uh, going on. Um, you say, what do you do when you're waiting? Get a good book. The good book, right? Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. While we're waiting patiently and we're waiting quietly, what else do you do in a waiting room? You know? When you're sitting in a waiting room, the best thing to do is just read a book. While we're waiting on the Lord, pick up His Word. Pick up his Bible and say, God, I'm waiting on you and I'm trusting in you and I'm looking at these promises that you have. So we wait patiently. We wait quietly. We, may, we wait expectantly. Waiting, again, is not just passive. It is, it is faith. It is expecting him to show up. We as Christians, not just about the second coming and the rapture of the church, but in every area of our life, we can say this. He's coming. He's coming soon. We are expecting Him, right? There is an expectation that He said He was coming the first time and He did come. Uh, He said He's coming again. We believe that. We're expecting Him. He's coming soon. But even in the little details of our lives, uh, we don't know exactly the timing, but we're expecting Him to show up any time. We're expecting Him to show up. Uh, When we come to church, we're expecting Him to show up here to meet with us, to speak with us. When we go to Him in prayer and we go to Him in His Word, uh, He is working. And we can say that. Listen, I, I'm waiting. I'm waiting. That means maybe I, does it, it's not obvious what I'm doing. 
But I know, I anticipate that He is already working. He is already doing the work on my behalf for the next move, the next step in my life. So we wait patiently, we wait quietly, we wait expectantly. He is my salvation, my refuge, and we wait courageously. Don't worry why you wait. Don't worry why you wait. You know they say whistle while you work, right? Whistle while you wait. Have a song in your heart, right? This is a thing as we're saying, okay, God, I'm in your hands. I have given my life to you. I've committed my, my works and my, my ways unto you. So, Lord, I can just be at peace. I can just be at rest right now as you are at work in my life. I find it was interesting what Jesus told his disciples as he was ascending into heaven. He told them he had a great work for them to do, right? And it, was a, it was an impossible task of taking the gospel to the whole world, right? But in the same commission of taking the gospel to the whole world as going and preaching, he says this, and being assembled together with them, he commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, ye have heard of me. He's saying to the disciples, I'm going to have you go, I'm going to have you do this ministry, but wait for the promise. Wait for the Holy Spirit. Wait for the Holy Spirit of God to work in our lives. So many times we got to remember what the Lord's doing and many times while we're waiting is He has some things that we're going to need in the next step of our lives. The next, the next place that we're heading to, there's something else that He needs to add to us. There's something else that He's putting in. Uh, the disciples could not do what they are about to do without the power of the Holy Spirit. There is no way without the promise. So we, as believers, know that if we are waiting... It's because God has some promises He's putting into our life. He has some things that He's given to us that will empower us for the next step so that when we do take that step to the next thing that He says, that we can run and not be weary. That we can walk and not faint. Lastly, when we're waiting or when we're seeing others wait, we can encourage others. I said we would finish up in, in Isaiah. Go back to Isaiah 41. Isaiah 41. Isaiah 41, verse 6. He says, They helped everyone his neighbor, and everyone said to his brother, Be of good courage. So the carpenter encouraged the goldsmith and he that smoothed with the hammer, him that smote with the anvil, saying, it is ready for the soldering and he that fastened with the nail that it should not be moved. You know, as we, as we are waiting or as other people are waiting, you know what's good for us to do? Come alongside and encourage each other. Tell our brother, uh, be of good courage. 
the Lord's in control. Uh, you, you, you see another brother or sister uh, looking at the, the issues and things in their life and saying, I feel like God's late. I feel like God's forgotten me. I feel like uh, something isn't going right. Uh, we can come alongside them and remind them that God's timing is perfect. God's timing is perfect in your life. You can say that. You can say that with some confidence in the Scripture that if we'll commit our way into the Lord, we'll acknowledge Him in all our ways. His timing is is perfect. Look what he says in verse 40 or verse chapter 41 verse 10. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee. I love that. When the Lord says I will help thee, uh, I think that we can just take that to heart. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. When the Lord comes and says, Fear not, I am with you. Don't be dismayed. Don't worry about the things that you're facing and the timing and all these different things in your life. I am with you. And the timing of your life, as long as we're giving it to the Lord and surrender it to Him, the timing of our life is perfect. What He is putting together, we don't have to worry and stress about that God will bring it to pass in His timing. In His timing. And with that, with that, we can continue to walk and not be weary. We can continue. You say, how is it that uh, uh, you see someone that has the joy of the Lord in their life? How is, how is it that you can have walked with the Lord and served the Lord for this amount of times and you still feel like you've got the joy and, and you've got the strength that you've had since the day you got saved? Yeah, it's, because, it's because we trust that the timing of God in our life, that we're waiting on Him. When He says wait, we wait. When He says move, we move. And we can encourage each other in that. As Savannah plays softly on the piano, I just want us to have a time of prayer. I don't know what it is maybe that you're facing in your life, things that you've been asking the Lord for answers to, but all of us are seeking God's will and God's direction in our lives. Maybe it's just that we have to say, Lord, I'm asking you just to quiet my soul. Give me that quiet spirit. Lord, I trust in You. I know You've led me to this place. And as we just take a time of prayer together, and really what we're doing is we're putting our faith in God. We're committing our path. We're committing our works to Him so that our thoughts can be established. Perfect timing. Perfect timing. Let's pray. Heavenly Father God, as we come before You this morning, we believe Your Word. Lord, we thank You for all the promises that You've given us. Lord, that uh, You'll never leave us or forsake us. That we can cast all our care upon You, Lord, for You care for us. Lord, we believe that the situations that we're in, the decisions that are ahead of us, God, that these are all uh, orchestrated and brought together for our good from You, Lord. That Your timing is perfect even when we have have to believe that by faith. Uh, even when it looks like we're, time is passing us by or that we're even going backward, Lord, that Your timing is absolutely perfect. Lord, I pray that we would just trust You in it, in the direction of our lives and the daily decisions that we make and that when what seems to be setbacks and delays, God, that we can truly from our heart 
with peace, say this is perfect. God, you're in control of our lives and we've surrendered ourselves to you. Lord, we love you and we thank you for the hope that you give us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for taking the time to listen today. We'd love to hear from you and learn how you've been encouraged or challenged by this podcast. Please leave a comment on the Contact Us page on our website, or you could write to us at P.O. Box 641, Springboro, Ohio, 45066. Feel free to visit us anytime that you're in the Springboro, Ohio area.